millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Jacques Berger. And when I'm stalking Springbok in the Namibian wilderness, all I take with me is a knife and the Egg Chasers Rugby podcast. It's all a real man needs. What a man. And that has just got me right up for this podcast. Gentlemen, hands in, pod on three. One, two, three, Pod! Pod! Well, here we go. Plenty to talk about this week in the world of rugby. Uh, a weekend of Pro 12 of Eva Premiership. And, of course, we're looking forward to the Six Nations, which is back. Two more weekends of rugby to go in that. Loads to talk about. The usual fellas here. We're all a little struggling a little bit today, I'll be honest, because there was a party for JB's missus last night. that We were all up at very, very late. Uh, JB, how are you feeling? You all right? I'm a bit ropey. You OK, Phil? Strong? Uh, I'm okay. I've been better, Tim, but I'm okay. I'll get through this. All right, we'll we'll, we'll dig in and get through this. But just before we get into the rugby, actually, I've got to say it was possibly one of the most middle class parties I've ever been to. Oh, thank one, you. We were, no, it was great. We were playing a we were playing a drinking game, which involved uh, what's the name of that book? The Ruse Gastronomie. <laughs> <laughs> so we were using how, a, did, how did Eddie Butler say that? La Ruse Gastronomique. That's right. So we we were yeah we were using that book for. Drinking games. It's, uh, it's a culinary encyclopedia for those who don't know. Yeah, <laughs> but we're strong and we're ready to talk about stuff. Now, sometimes we get a bit of criticism for not talking about Irish, Scottish, Welsh rugby enough. We're going to start with the Pro 12. Have yes. that. Have that. And wow. an outburst by the Connacht director of rugby, Pat Lamb, who following a last-minute controversial defeat against Cardiff Blues said this. This ball comes back. You see here at 83-27, Cardiff clearly knocked the ball on there. They knock it on. There's no ruck. Our hooker picks the ball up. Um, Tom, it's cleared. Referee's just about to blow full time. Game over at 83-34. And then Leighton Hodges, the touch judge, says hands in the ruck. A, clearly no ruck. B, he knocked the ball on. Uh, he's 30 metres away. The ref's one metre away to call that. And uh, that is a massive call. That game should be over and finished. And... All I want to talk about is the effects, not opinion. Um, you know, that's pretty clear. I've had texts straight away from quite influential people saying it's wrong. Um, and then probably the biggest thing with Leighton Hodges, I had to talk to him afterwards because when we had the Edinburgh game, um, I went through the process there that he made a comment before the game that um, uh, he was late and uh, our stewards uh, told him where he had to park. And uh, he made a comment that that's going to cost your team uh, seven points at least. Uh, he made that to our stewards who came and complained. I complained to uh, Ed Morrison. Uh, right, so 
if you didn't see the game, well, we'll get into that in a second, but essentially Pat Lamb had, and bear in mind, think about how long a post-match press conference or post-match chat with a journalist lasts after a game, a minute, maybe two. This was a four mm-hmm. and a half minute on one issue of one bad decision in the 83rd minute after Cardiff scored a last-minute try, well, I say last-minute try, in the 88th minute, was it? Yeah, 87th, yeah. 88th minute. An incredible end to that game. Yeah, and there, there was two penalties uh, during that 10-minute period where from the 78th minute to the 88th minute where Cardiff were attacking, there was two penalties given. Pat Lamb was contesting both of them, um, particularly the second one, but it resulted in Cardiff coming from six points behind to scoring a converted try to, to win the game. Now, if you are listening to the Egg Chasers Rugby podcast on Acast, we are now available on Acast as well as in iTunes, I have just put a link to that interview with Pat Lamb so you can hear the full thing, um, the full chat. It's pretty amazing uh, really? to hear from a director of rugby. Have yeah. you just done that on the Acast app? It's incredible technology on the I, Acast app. I've got to admit, I've not actually used the Acast app yet. I'm going to. <laughs> I'm going to now. It's very good. It's very it? good, G. Wow. Yeah. I can understand his frustration because he his team deserved to win and his team have put in 78 minutes of work. Cardiff get the ball in the 78th minute. Keep... Jay! Sorry. <laughs> Uh, Cardiff Blues have kept the ball for a full 10 minutes before scoring which is an amazing effort from them yeah incredible absolutely brilliant effort but this one decision it hinged on to call out the credibility and the integrity of an official I've got a problem with that not really oh okay let's just go go back a step I thought it was quite funny that uh, I'm not entirely sure Pat Lamb knows who his hooker is so our hooker uh, (laughs) Tom? (laughs) Tom is it Tom? So probably an academy lad or something, uh, who knows. The bit about Leighton Hodges, though, I think he's perfectly ju- justified to bring this to everyone's attention. Pat Lamb is justified. Absolutely he is, yeah. It, if, mm. He is. It's, there's two things, isn't there? If, if um, Hodges has said that at the end of the game, he should never have said it. Mm-hmm. Um, but if, that, if that, said, yeah. yeah, if he did say it, he should never have said it, but that doesn't necessarily mean it has had any material yeah. impact on this at all. The two could be completely and he, he knows exactly unlinked. what he's doing, it, bringing it up now at that moment. That's a very yes. good point. There's yeah. another point as well, which he's an assistant ref. Now, the idea of, for me is an assistant is to assist. And I think this isn't just a Leighton Hodges problem, but a problem across the board, which is referees, or should I say assistant referees, are too eager to put themselves in the game. Because of that, he's just made a wrong call. He's made a wrong call because he thought that the ref missed something. The ref didn't miss anything, and he's relayed that to the ref from 30 yards away, and as such, it's cost Connacht uh, the win. Yeah. It's a big problem. I think it could just be a bad call um, from from the assistant ref getting involved when he doesn't need to. It could be as simple as that, but obviously Pat Lamb doesn't see it like that. He's obviously pretty emotional because he's gone to Cardiff, the arguably should have won and he's come away with a, just a losing bonus point. I wonder what a talking to from Pat Lamb's like. That's terrifying. <laughs> well, he, he was quite considered and he, yeah. he, he, he wanted to back up everything he said with examples and facts and it wasn't just... I think if he's done that, examples and facts, that's absolutely fine. If he just went out there and said, Leighton Hodges is a moron and he's done X, Y, Z, oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that, that, can't, that can't be allowed. But he's got his laptop out and, you know, if you look at the, in, the instances, I think he's probably right. I think they're not quite top four, but they're pushing for it. Yeah, yeah. it's a big, big dent in their hopes. Yeah, definitely. I, um, I also think another thing, uh, going back to the officials and you know they're want, they're wanting to get involved in the sidelines. I kind of miss the days where uh, officials missed things. So if, if an official <laughs> misses things, the game just plays on. 
now it's the opposite. They're getting too involved and they're claiming that things aren't even there. Uh, uh, if anything, it needs to go backwards, not, you know, it doesn't need to be this super precise science of refereeing a game. I, I do know what you mean, because you could, by every single breakdown, you could stop the breakdown and give a penalty one way or the other mm. if you did it to absolutely to the letter of the yeah. law. But that's not, no one's going to enjoy that. And by the way, Leicester's European Cup, where Neil Back, Hands my, in. one of my favourite ever scenes. <laughs> I mean, isn't it, isn't it just wonderful to see him <laughs> pop the ball in with his hand and everyone go mental? Well, that would never have happened. And these are, it's kind of part of the folklore of rugby, and if you're not cheating, you're not trying, and all that sort of stuff. I, I miss it. Well, J- just just one more point on the uh, the Lytton Hodges thing. I, I I just think, well, I hope it's just a bad call. And to back this up, I was thinking, where do I know the name Lytton Hodges from? Go on. I think all three of us watched this game at the same time. It was Italy Fiji. Oh no! Was that no him? Way. in the 2013 Autumn Internationals, where there was a record six yellow, yellow cards, six, six cards Tell given in the game, yeah. including I think four at one time for Fiji. Fiji were down to either eleven or twelve men. Yeah, this could just be a bad decision by by a ref, by the assistant ref. Well, this really conflicts me now because I really dislike yellow cards. I think if I go to watch a team and my favourite player gets yellow card carded, I've not gone there to watch him sit on the bench for ten minutes. Having said that, if you're going to give out six of them, I do want to see that. <laughs> so I don't really know where. Well, it be interesting. To, it, it will be interesting to see what happened. But I thought it was um, it's unusual for a director of rugby. Normally, you have the odd little petulant spat. Someone spits their dummy out, a la Cockrell or Diamond. But, yeah. Um, or you get people like Malinder just going and O'Connor O'Shea looking like they're fuming not saying anything and then taking it through the other channels. But he's um, he's had a very, very long, uh, in-depth... Well, he's sort of questioned the integrity of an official, so we'll see about that. Well, I, I'm glad you said that as well, Tim, because I think this is a very clear-cut case now where the authorities have to come down hard on one side or the other. They can't fudge it and say, well, Leighton Hodges can't referee any more Connacht games. Because if you listen to the interview as well, yeah. they also say, well, um, are, are you worried that he's going to be interviewing... Uh, sorry refereeing the, is it Munster game? Munster game, yeah. And that's a worry, isn't it? I mean, you can't have an official who isn't suitable to referee some matches. Yeah. yeah. Right, we are going to get into the Premiership. We're going to look ahead to the Six Nations. We've got a few little things going on. I've got a quick game of rugby social uh, going on. We know how much rugby players love Twitter and Instagram and uh, keeping their followers up to speed with what what they're doing and showing pictures of all the latest thing they've blagged on their Twitter account. We should just follow or have a website, sorry, a Twitter account... At rugby, right? If someone if someone's got the time and inclination, a, a Twitter account called like at rugby blaggers or something like that. <laughs> hey, just follow just, David Flatman. Just just re, retweet <laughs> it when rugby players blag stuff blatantly on Twitter. Yeah. Anyway, that's not what I'm doing here. Here's rugby social. Phil against JB. Matt Dawson said on Twitter, Shiraz is the bomb. Ribeye is tidy or foie gras effing great. Which did Matt Dawson say? Jay, good to you Shiraz, that's an Argentine winger, right? <laughs> um, Shiraz is the bomb. Ribeye, tidy. Fre- French come off. Foie gras, effing great. Uh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Shiraz. Phil? I'm going to say ribeye. I reckon he's got, from a butcher, he's got a nice, tasty cut of steak. Oh, hang on, he's into meat, isn't he? And he's a farmer. He is into sausages. Oh, you're changing. You're going to copy me, Jay? 
Are you going to stick well, with the original? I, there's a, I can't lose if I cough. Can I? <laughs> I'm going to go for Shiraz. Oh, I don't know. Stick with Come you. On, stick Come with on, Shiraz, Shiraz. Sorry. Shiraz. It's oh. Yes! Right. <laughs> Eat my dust. <laughs> <laughs> Next. Comes from Jack Berger. Saracen celebrated their win this weekend with what? A dirty McDonald's? Measuring the cubic volume of Jamie George's head? <laughs> or a Ke- Kelly Brown power ballad set on the bus? Ooh. Ooh. Kelly Brown. Kelly Brown. Sorry. Uh, I have seen Saracen stop off for fish and chips in the past. So I'm going to say... And Steve Diamond buys all of his squad McDonald's occasionally. I'm going to say McDonald's. McDonald's is correct. Yes. So it comes down to this. Uh, This was uh, an Instagram from a Bath rugby player who snuck into George Ford's car um, at training when George Ford left it open and then surprised George Ford by <laughs> Go on. jumping out at him when leaving, George Ford was about leave, to start the engine. Oh, not by leaving like a kilo of cocaine in the uh, back seats or something. <laughs> no, not that one. So <laughs> you've you got to work out which Bath rugby player it is from the noise of this, uh, from the noise that they make. Okay, here we go. George Ford's getting in the car. <laughs> Which Bath rugby player is that that surprised George Ford? Play it again. Okay, hold on. <laughs> yes! Ooh, high-pitched voice. Goodness <laughs> Very high-pitched. Bath rugby player. You just say one at a time until someone gets the right one. Okay. Do you go first or second, Jay? He wants to go first. I'm going to go with... Devoto. Devoto. Phil. Uh, Matt Garvey. Well, I think it's one of the backs. Hmm. I think it's not going to be Banahan or Burgess because it'd be too hard to hide. <laughs> Chris Cook. <laughs> oh, oh, I thought you might have it there. Um, Eastmond. Yeah. Easy to hide. Yeah, well done. Yeah. Very easy to hide. Let's say that again. <laughs> <laughs> now we know how George Ford's going to look when Matthew Bastero runs down his channel. <laughs> uh, right, that was Game of Rugby Social. Um, what, what was your pick of the week from the Premiership this week, Jay? Uh, well, I mean, it has to be Wasps against Saracens for me. I thought it was an excellent game, but I also thought there was quite a lot of merit in the Bath versus Sale game. Really? Yeah. Wow. Well, let's, <laughs> let's, let's, let's stick with Wasps Saracens um, for a second then. So some good attacking play. Yeah, those those two tries in quick succession by oh. Wasps were beautiful, weren't they? Yes, they really were. Like, I've been banging the drum for Christian Wade for quite quite some time, as is, by, by the way, most of the country around two years ago. I was just getting back into the setup. Did you so see, exciting. Did you see in the second half when they were struggling, a lot of pressure, and he catches the ball in his own 22, gets scragged and th- tries a 30-yard pass to uh, Andy Goode that went forward and then Goode knocked on and yeah, that's yeah. a five-metre five scrum for Goode Saracens. Goode knocked on a lot of ball today. A high ball twice, maybe, and that other one. And, the, and Goode and Goode. And Goode v. Goode. Goode v. Goode. A Goode off. Yeah. Or uh, very good Goode versus not quite as good against Goode. Against Alex Goode. Yeah. Um, so, that second Elliot Daly try. Have I got that right? So I always second go, try. The, I always get... Confused between Jamie Elliott and <laughs> Elliot Daly. <laughs> Elliot Daly, right? Okay, got him. <laughs> but brilliant. Rugby players with two first names would be. Uh, we could do a fifteen for Ooh, that sometime. Great one. That's a good one. That's yeah. a good one. Okay. I was watching this and the 
commentators were talking about how they're bringing back um, Brad Barrett into the England squad. Now, I'm not a big God guy, but he clearly loves England. Because <laughs> if he didn't, why would why would he put Brad Barrett into that, into that situation with the high ball, where he's now not going to play for England, and also put Elliot Daly on the same pitch so Stuart Lancaster can compare and contrast and bring in Elliot Daly? Because that's exactly what he should do. Yeah, uh, Will, Will Greenwood put a very good tweet uh, towards the end of the Wasps uh, Saracens game saying, get Elliot Daly on the bench. He covers 11 to 15, which is an area of weakness. That's for, a, for the... I think that's an absolutely brilliant shout. Are we just being knee jerk and going, oh, look, he's had he scored it? He's sort no. he's played, he had a good game. But he's been doing this for a long time. Yeah. He's been, he's been one of the form centres in, in the league all yeah. season. I mean, he played against England a while ago for, for the, the Barbara. Yeah. And he looked magnificent. Yeah. And now he was very, very young. And, you know, yeah. obviously it's a non cap game, all those other things. He's an exciting player without a, without any shadow but of doubt. Just think about how exciting England could be with players like Jonathan Joseph, Elliot Daly, Cal Eastmond. Now, I'm not necessarily saying that um, on merit, if all centres are available, he, he makes the squad. You know, and nope. if, you've got, if you've got Tuolagi and you've got Eastmond and Joseph and. Whoever else, Burrell. But that versatility that Will Greenwood picked up on that you mentioned, Phil, that's a massive feather in his cap. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Because as it happened, uh, if last weekend one of the outside backs had got injured, you would have either had Cipriani to full back or you would have had Jonathan Joseph to the wing. Neither of which are great replacements, but Elliot Daly can legitimately cover all. Jonathan Joseph on the wing isn't too bad, I guess. No, that's, that's fine. But. And yeah. Again, it, Stuart Lancaster, it, it feels that as soon as he has options available, he goes for the most conservative one. That's kind of how it feels to me. Well, but you've got someone who gen- genuinely could play 15, 13, yeah. and wing. Yeah, that's... yeah, and it's it's not exactly a risky option because of the form he's in. No. He just he's an exciting player. Uh, and also, let's just let's just go back a step and talk about the Wade try. Just the the lovely skill uh, that second touch, that second little kick. The, the two oh. rubber kicks, because he controlled it twice yeah. just before the line. And I didn't actually know that was the rules, that if your feet are in touch, but you only dot the ball yeah. you only dot the ball down, it's a try. I did not know that either. I thought it was... I, when I watched it in time, oh, I was like, that's not a try. As long as you're in the dead ball area, that's fine. You're allowed because to do that. Because you've not carried yeah. it in. Yeah, yeah, because you're not carrying the ball. You're just literally putting pressure on the ball. That's, that is that's it. That's a good rule. I like that. Yeah, it was good. It was great law, finish. Law. Sorry, good law. Yeah. Mm. Um, and the the other try the um, Wigglesworth kick through for Wales that to was score good. that was a great try it was I think Saracens did did demonstrate their in, incredible power yeah and yeah because when just the organisation and the cohesion to come back and they played yeah. in that's exactly right <laughs> but they, they played kind of a total game like there was yeah. a little bit of excitement there was a little bit of forwards play there was a little bit of everything really they're but very complete Wigglesworth who got man of the match as well his kicking was. Excellent. Really, really good. There's always a little part of me, and it's really unfair, begrudges guys like Wigglesworth doing really well. And I, that sounds like a ridiculous thing to say, but he's so good at what he does. Yeah. It's just what he does isn't that exciting to watch necessarily, but it's so it's effective. It's amazing that Stuart Lancaster hasn't called him up. Oh, wait. He has. <laughs> he's been on the bench. He's been on that the bench. That does make sense. <laughs> uh, and Joe Schmidt. If he was picking the England team, oh hell yeah! Because it, that's exactly what he wants. He wants someone who can control the game like Wigglesworth. That's exactly what right. he do. And well, yeah. And when you think about how you, how are you going to win World Cups, it's not going to be sad as it is. I appreciate Elliot Daly for his versatility. Might be a good shout as a bench option, but 
you're not going to win the World Cup with Elliot Daly's. You'll actually win no, the World Cup with, with, get, with game management like... Like Fekatoa. Like, like Wigglesworth. Like Fekatoa and Nonu. Fekatoa is everything, though. Oh. Fekatoa is not just... He's not just exciting. He's Ryan incredibly solid. In really good hands. That Good yeah. defensive, yeah. Let's, let's talk about another... Um, well, there's, there's, there's been some late tries in this weekend's rugby. Firstly, Newcastle will be gutted at yeah. losing to Leicester. That looked like they were building a nice little lead there, mm. and then all of a sudden they seem to be, seems to have been closed down. But then, how many times have Leicester done that this year? They were weren't they like way way adrift of sale recently, and then came yes. back in the second half. Yeah, they were, uh, yeah, they were like three tries down against sale. Is that five hundred bounce for Leicester now? So it's a they've won a fair few. Yeah, uh, and and also the other late try that needs to get mentioned in 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 terms of points and racking up the points. The game of the weekend, Gloucester Saints. Oh yeah, young James Wilson showing off why he should be in the England under twenty. <laughs> Two tries. Two tries, Wilson. Uh, yeah. If you uh, if you haven't been following the podcast for a while, JB was under the impression for quite a long time that James Wilson was an academy product, not not a <laughs> not a thirty one year old New Zealander journeyman. Journeyman, yeah. <laughs> kind of embarrassing. But he's, he's having an amazing season. He's yeah. Having, well, it's like I say, it's and there's two players at the moment I'd put in this in this category. It's more. Sometimes it's more about opportunity than actual talent. Foden's gone down. He's coming. He's done wonderfully. And the other guy who is really starting to um, pull it together now is Freddie Burns. I mean, if you look at the opportunity afforded to Owen Williams, he did everything possible. He gets injured. Freddie Burns is now starting to play beautiful rugby. Yeah. Uh, he kicked Leicester out of trouble today. Mm. And he, uh, you know, last few games he put Gloucester to the sword. Uh, he's playing really, really well. On, yeah. the su- on the subject of Gloucester, they, they should, hopefully, when they look at the game tape and they look ahead to the next game, they should feel pretty buoyed by their performance. Yeah. But they're going to be gutted that they didn't close out a win. Yeah, absolutely. It was... It was what was it, point. 23-8 at one point or something like that? Yeah. The yeah. thing I don't really like about what's happening at Gloucester is I kind of feel it should have happened earlier. And yeah, I know the load of new signings, new director of rugby... But you're a professional team and you need to pull it together quick. They seem to be pulling it, t- pulling it together with, like, how many games left? They're not going to get one of the top six. They, they could potentially sneak the seventh, but... Uh, very, yeah, it's, it's very probably un- unlikely, it's anyway. What, what are they on in points? Uh, they're six points behind Sale, um, but Sale have relatively easy easy running. Yeah, Sale so. are a weird team. And Sale, Sale are five points adrift of Wasps. So if Sale get yeah. the points that they should do from their available games, they'll be, way, they'll be Sale, too far away Sale from Sale are a team. Sale could lose against pretty much anyone away and beat anyone at home. Yeah, yeah, that, so that's very true. I can see Gloucester taking sail, but mm, not Wasps. Yeah. But that, it was good. It was really nice to see some nice weather, some nice rugby being played, mm. some good footwork, mm. some good tries being scored, wasn't it? That uh, Sharples try. It's nice to see good rugby, isn't it? Not this attritional warfare that Leicester have been... Speak for yourself. ...grinding out in the mud. The, well, the bath sail game was a replay of my favourite game of last year, which was Bath Sale away, and they had six minutes scrummaging. Yeah. But it was like this titanic struggle of, you know, giant humans. And, you know, <laughs> reset after reset. It's just so gladiatorial. You said at the very start you loved the the, the Bath Sale game. Well, I didn't love it, but I just thought it was quite, in, quite, uh, it was quite interesting because it's... Uh, I've got a real begrudging respect now for Steve Diamond. No one gets as much out of his players as Steve Diamond. I mean, they don't seem to hold on to their best players. And everyone that comes in are like retreads, like Magnus Lund or Jonathan Mills or yeah, Arscott. I'm, I'm going to say that I think, and it was his job to appoint this person, but I think Mike Forshaw. Over the last two years, he might have been the one of the best signings in the Premiership because as, as their defence coach, they 
I like Bath couldn't break it down. No. It just couldn't break it down. It's it's a bit like Ireland in that sense. They are so organised and regimented. And it just I think it goes to show, you know, that rugby is one of those amazing games that the collective will always beat the individual. And uh oh Bur- and there's Burgess as well. No. I don't I don't have a pet. Oh, before Sorry. before we go into further, because I I've been meaning to say this since you mentioned, I just want to say Charlie Sharples, not only great try and some good performance, he was wearing short cycling shorts. Oh, well done, I mean, <laughs> this is incredible. This is like, I was amazed when I saw this. He ran out. It's normally him and Johnny May, long cycling shorts right the way down to the knee, spoiling us for seeing those wonderful quads that they spend all week working on. <laughs> but no, he uh, wore short, short cycling shorts, so long may that continue. Take, take, take note, Johnny May. No, he'll be he's getting disciplined as we speak. <laughs> <laughs> Going I against... hear the story. I don't know if it's true that Pat Lamb sent out... Um, sent out Tom Vondell on loan to Bedford because he didn't like people wearing white boots. <laughs> I hope I that's hope true. that's true. So when you said disciplining, maybe, maybe yeah. Sharples off to, I don't know, Clifton or somewhere. <laughs> Love it. Um, Burgess, I'm going to stick up for him, right? He's, he's, he's got a lot of you attention. You know what I'm going to say, yeah? No, 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 no. I'm not, I'm not saying you're going to stick the knife in. Here's what I've, here's the way, when I watched that Bath sale game, I never noticed a moment when I thought Burgess did anything bad. Mm-hmm. And what I thought was, and I'd say this, if Rugby Union suddenly had an attacking team and a defensive team like American football, Burgess would possibly be your team captain yes. on defence. His defence is amazing. It is. I think this might have been quietly his best game of Union yet. Uh Apart from possibly the Wasps game where he scored uh, when he was playing, the only game he was playing 12. But yeah, I, I agree. I thought he played really well. He hit some hard lines, but found the, the sale defence, um, um, the measure of him there. But that's, yeah. you know, he didn't yeah. do anything wrong. But, yeah. So he, he retained the ball. Sales centres defensively are very yeah, good. Are very, I, very good. I think it's Leota who's just stopped in his tracks, just absolutely smashed. Yeah. Oh, by Burgess, you mean? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Burgess smashed and loads of people. He's so solid. There again, there, there is a reason that I don't have a pet lion. And the reason I don't ha- I don't have a pet lion is because it's cruel to keep a natural predator caged up in my living room. It just doesn't <laughs> make any sense. I think he did well, Burgess, but I think it's time. I think it's time that we free Burgess and put him in the second row. No, we take him back to rugby league. What? You, why not let him hunt? Let him loose. <laughs> let him hunt as a six. No, let's just take him back. Let's reintroduce him slowly. <laughs> do, you, do you think it was a, a, you've, got like, you've got a sportsman right who is one of the best ever at what he does L- literally one of the best products of British Rugby League ever and we've got him trotting around the wreck it's not good enough I think that we reintroduce him to league and we should start a campaign to do so <laughs> I'm not getting on board with this why? because I want to see him play six I want to see him have a, an extended run either six or the second row and you're wrong Phil Start, and also, start smashing. It's it, doing what he's good at: hard carrying and smashing yeah. people. But it'd be Off- so- hard carrying offloads. But it'd be such good TV. Can you imagine? Like, we want to reintroduce him to the world of Northern Rugby League. So we yeah. have a <laughs> we have a cage in the corner yeah. of like a rugby yeah, league yeah, change yeah. room, and they're all shouting at him: "You're diabolical! You're diabolical!" No, 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 no. no. You would you would have to um, <laughs> just reintroduce him slowly. Put him under general anaesthetic, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and he just wakes up, looks all confused. I bet all the other players cage. would stop bullying him because yeah. he's like he's you know he's, he's softened up. Yeah, yeah you'd have to, like you say you have to do it slowly. Oh like yeah, one day a week he, just, he has like pie and gravy. <laughs> <laughs> he 
No, I reckon he's him back to whip it. No, yeah. I reckon it's, it's during a match. You put him in in the far corner of the pitch, and you, he comes round when the starting whistle goes. And whenever he feels ready, he'll sit there looking all confused for a bit. Whenever he feels ready to trot out onto the pitch, someone else subs off. That's a great idea. <laughs> That's it. And then you've got to tranquilise him at the end, and yeah, it's going to work. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to start making wristbands. Free Burgess. <laughs> um, London Irish went down to Quinns. That was pretty regulation, that one, wasn't it? Was it? Yeah. Didn't we all pick London Irish to win it? I didn't. Uh, I picked a narrow Quinns. I, th- I think I did say Quinns. Um, I didn't count on the fact that Easter would be back and Danny Kerr would be, would be back, and those two look really good. And you didn't, didn't back your brother? Uh, uh, anything else from the Premiership just to wrap it up uh, Thomas the Tank scored another two tries oh another two do you know Exeter Chiefs the actual Exeter Chiefs official Twitter account now keep us the Egg Chasers Rugby podcast up to date with two two Thomas Waldrum's and tries so they should do they, they tweeted us to go another try for Thomas Waldrum just wanted to let you know we could, <laughs> we could get that information from various websites but and no, if we were it... listening to the game or whatever but no, I, I like the fact they're giving us... So thank you very much yeah. to Exeter Chiefs on the Twitter for giving us that personal service. I guess that's just what happens when uh, when you are the, um, the the number one rugby podcast on iTunes. And thank you for making us that. Thank you for the reviews. Thank you for downloading. Tell your mates. And uh, and we'll keep on making these podcasts and loving rugby as much as you do. Do you want to just talk a little bit about the run-ins? Because Exeter Chiefs are on a bit of a high at the moment, aren't they? Are they, are they broke, broke into the top four? Well, I'll tell you what. I think this is one for um, a future week as we get a little bit closer. But Phil, I know you've been looking at the run-ins that the clubs have got. Just briefly, who's got... Um, sort of more favourable or less favourable run-ins? Bath. Bath and Sale probably have the best two run-ins. They both play um, clubs who, pretty much entirely clubs who are out of the running. Bath play Gloucester, Harlequins, London Irish, Newcastle, London Welsh and Sale, it's the same in a different order. Gloucester, London Irish, Harlequins, Newcastle and they play Exeter rather than London Welsh. So they've both got, they can pick up quite a lot of points. And Sale will be delighted that Wasps lost. Yeah, because yes. that keeps them in touch. Yes, definitely. They're they're level with with Bath on fifty one yeah, points. Yeah, they'll be absolutely uh, stoked about that result. Um, but so are we sort of saying that we expect Bath to finish second in the table. Um, well, home semi final. They've got five games there. They will be targeting that for for twenty five points. So they really could do it. Now Exeter, who are currently in second place, they play Leicester, Northampton, Wasps, Saracens, Sale. <laughs> Wow. All of whom are going for that top four. Mm-hmm. So that is a really, really difficult running. They've, they've already got all their easy games out of the way. So and you... they only have a two-point cushion. I wonder yes. if they say it differently, though, because I kind of think your playoffs start early and you're beating teams around you as well. So it's really in your hands. Or you're losing to teams around you. They, well, it, yes. It, it very much Depends is, on your attitude. It I is guess. in their hands because they... I already have a, a two-point cushion ahead of Bath and Leicester. But... Yeah, it's one of those tough ones for Exeter because if they miss out and just finish top six, then that... Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. 
One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Will be seen as a, a successful season, bearing in mind where people were predicting they might do, having struggled last year. Yeah. And with the breakthrough players they've got, they could go on from strength to strength. But having got so close and had such a strong season, there, yeah, it'll be disappointing to fade away. Uh, Saracens, you'd expect them to have the the strength. What's their running like? Uh, medium. They play Harlequins and London Welsh, so should be wins there. But then they've got Leicester, Northampton, Exeter, so tough games. Now they have got three home games compared to two away games. Oh wow, this and is one so of, good! And one of the away games is London Welsh, so you'd back you'd it, back Saracens to get four wins out of that. It's a seriously competitive league, isn't it? Oh, I it love is. it. I love it. And the the weekend when the games are back on again, because the, ne- the next weekend of Premiership rug- Rugby is the 27th, 8th and 9th of March. I think I'm right in saying that we are we should be down at uh, BT Sport on the Sunday for, as guests for that game. I think so. Oh, Excellent. So. For the very reason that... that um, there's a big focus going to be on the running and uh, who plays who and uh, we'll be we'll be put to work by BT Sport so yeah we'll get your thoughts a bit nearer the time for that one but um we've got a few we've got a couple of weeks off of premiership rugby to um to think about that and we're going to be talking about six nations but before we get into the six nations we came up with a little idea at JB's Mrs's party last night in between playing horrifically middle-class drinking games. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and da- dancing with your chocolate Labrador. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. Your your dog does not want to dance with me. <laughs> so, uh, sorry, so everyone was in the kitchen where all house party always end and we were playing tunes and uh, and JB's dog just likes to jump up with his legs and, and dance with people. Yeah, he likes it. Like some sort of dance. performing seal, but um, he won't do it with me. He, yeah. he likes the girls especially. He's getting a lot of attention from the girls. Yeah. He's uh, a ladies' man, isn't he? Yeah, he's a smart, man. smart guy. Smart guy. Taught him well. <laughs> uh, but we, we we thought of an idea, right? Just uh, getting us back into talking about the Six Nations, picking a sevens team out of the Six Nations. Teams. Oh, the Six Nations forwards, because it's too easy to do it without the backs, isn't it? <laughs> I'll tell you what we'll do. Let's take the fixtures for the Six Nations this weekend, which we'll talk about in a bit more depth, and we'll try and pick a combined sevens team out of the two squads. So, uh, England plays Scotland. We've got, we've got the England squad and we've got the Scotland squad. We've got to com- pick a combined sevens team. OK, can we just put one rule in place? I know you hate rules and laws, Jay. <laughs> yeah. We have to pick one forward for each one who's going to be right. like the, the cornerstone of the scrum. So one forward and then basically the rest can be backs. Love it. OK. Uh, so, And do we only go with players that are currently fit or assume uh, everyone's fit? Uh, currently currently playing in the Six Nations, right, I'd say. Currently in the Six Nations. Yeah, so Tuolagi, for example, is out. So I would say, based on his recent form, we've got to find a place for Jonathan Joseph somewhere. Damn right. Definitely. With that gas footwork. Uh, Definitely. I wouldn't be playing Good. I would be playing Ford. Ford, Ford would be his 10. What, what do you reckon Finn Russell? Finn he's, Russell. A, he's a very, very exciting 10. Yeah. Is, is he athletic, though? Yeah, yeah. I think he is. is. He? He, I think he's deceptively athletic. George Ford has got that similar kind of shape and skill set to a Ben Gollins or a Simon Amor kind of... of Early days, Ben Gollins. Early days. Giants of the game. Not not Ben Gollins when he finished his career. (laughs) No. Is he still on the circuit, Ben Gollins? I'm sure there's commentary and it's like he only retired two years ago or something ridiculous. It probably probably was a lot more recently than you think it was. Um, So so we're going going Ford. Ford and Joseph. Ford and Joseph in the midfield. So we've got to have a... Noel. Scrum half. Who would be the scrum half? 
Um, you wouldn't you wouldn't go Laidlaw. He's not. No, he, I'd, I'd, I'd like to get Karen, but he's Danny not, he's Karen, not, he's yeah. not been playing. Or even Joe Simpson would be. Oh u- yes, ultra dangerous. But he's not in the squad. Yeah, so you can't select him. Yeah, Four. Hildal go Klein. Klein uh, Dog Tanyon. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it probably would have to be Ben Youngs. I quite like him actually. Doctor doesn't have to be a nine. Could no, be, it could be George true. Ford at nine. George Ford with a Finn Russell. At, you could oh, do that. Hey, get, decent. get them both in. George Ford and Finn Russell halfbacks. Yeah, I'll go for that. Uh, I would like to see who's our flyer. Who's the flyer? Watson for me. Anthony Watson. No Johnny May. Oh, maybe Johnny May. Uh, how about Visser? <laughs> This is a big lad to stop he on a sevens a, pitch. Maybe he could be the, as, one of the as props. Is Maitland. Maybe Visser could be one of the props. He's quite a big unit, isn't he? Visser, Visser is a very big unit. So yeah. we'll, put, yeah, we'll put Visser as a prop then. Visser as a prop. And with Johnny, right, Johnny May or Anthony Watson, you have to pick now, Jay. Who would it be? Anthony Watson. Anthony Watson's in. Watson. Oh, that's a bath axis there really... for Joseph Watson. Yeah. Uh, Visser. So we've got to pick at least one forward out of our remaining two players in this yeah. combined England Scotland sevens team. That's quite, it's quite good, Scotland. I think it highlights the fact already, Finn Russell and Visser highlights the fact Scotland have got some exciting backs that they haven't had in, yeah. in years gone by, as we've been saying for many, many weeks. Yeah, and, I, I'm a massive Russell fan. Um, this is all right. But you, you could have um, either Tommy Seymour or Mark Bennett in there as well, who are both very... Or we've completely overlooked Stuart Hogg. Yes! Oh, Wow! Whacking the hog father. Hog. Would he be a half? Hog as hooker. Oh. Hog as ten and Ford hog as nine. Ten. Yeah, true that's, that's it. True that's that. it. Yeah. Ford, Ford, Hog, Joseph Watson. Oh, Ford, hog. Yes. all gas. Like See, it. I think with all that gas and Visser in the forwards, I, I, if I was picking the seventh team, I think I'd go with two forwards potentially. Okay. Because, potentially, because I don't think you can just chuck wingers at prop and, and expect the same ball-winning skills. Well, that's they a big really part, weird, a big do part they? of the game. It's, um, okay. it's a weird game sevens. It doesn't seem to. So, who do you have? Uh, Vinopolo. I mean, potentially you could have Vinopolo. Potentially uh, Vinopolo on a sevens field. More, just, just, just one <laughs> so, of them. For, for one minute, he would be incredible. After that one minute, <laughs> he would be not uh, Maka, the other one, <laughs> Billy. Billy. No, no uh, potentially Burrell could be a prop as well. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, Burrell, and then you could have you could have Croft in well, there. Oh, that's an interesting shout. You could have Tom Youngs could probably do quite a good job. He would do a very good job. And he can and he can play a bit. No, he's he, too heavy to get around he, the park. He is he? not. Yeah, he, he, Croft Croft would be. I'd love to see Croft. Right, should we go with Visser, Croft, and Burrell as our forwards? No. Done. Visser, Croft, Burrell, um, Ford, Hogg, Joseph Watson. Yes. Our combined England Scotland sevens team. Like it. And if we can glean anything from that, looking ahead to the England Scotland game, I don't know what it is really, other than the fact that there are some exciting backs if they get the ball. Yes. This could be a really good game. Yeah, absolutely. Do you think, do you think, do you think he'll start 12 for England? It's going to be Burrell, yeah? Probably Burrell. Yeah, probably, probably Burrell. Stick. Yeah. I do hope that they do better then against Ireland. Do you think yeah. England will learn their lesson from Ireland and play a smarter game plan, or do you think they'll persist with this sort of uh, gung-ho attack? Well, it wasn't... A, I'm not sure they were that gung-ho. I just don't think they were very good. They were gung-ho a few times. Gung-ho in, conced- the ro- in the wrong places. Yeah, conceded some points I mean, because of it. But I, they can be more gung-ho against Scotland. Um, uh, do you know, I I know you you guys think they played terribly and they played gung-ho against, uh, against Ireland. I don't kind of see that. I just think they're a little bit incompetent rather than adventurous. No, they were adventurous a few times in the wrong areas. In the wrong but, area, yeah. But also, one of the biggest weaknesses was their kicking. When I when Ireland kicked, it was of a height and a distance that allowed their chasers to get under it and put pressure on or compete for it. When England kicked, it just went straight to the back three, giving loads of time to either return it or kick it back. 
And there was no pressure put on Ireland at all. But, yeah, it was just back, dull, I know dull this conversation, in. right? But theoretically, if their back three is sitting so deep as they, as indeed they were... The Irish back three. Yeah. The Irish back three. Why didn't they just attack those wide channels relentlessly? Well, they, they did. They but, tried to, but, but Ireland's defence defense defense was so good. was so good, they, they got well, no the missing, joy. The missing well, what, three players from that line, yeah? Well, you say Ireland's defence is so good or England's... Attack is... Co- attacking core skills aren't good enough to, to do yeah. it. That's it. So basically yeah. they're kind of a little bit incompetent. Uh, no. as, as I said, I think New Zealand would exploit that. I wonder, yeah. if we- I wonder if Wales can or I wonder if Wales will go for these short intermediate kicks. Let's talk about Wales Island after Italy, France. Um, so, so, sorry. So Scotland, England, how do you kind of see it going? Do you think England will tighten up the screws where they did and they'll play a forward dominated? They'll, ju- they'll try and batter Scotland up front, won't they? they their think- forwards will give them a good platform. I think they've got a considerably stronger pack than Scotland. Um... And their back should get some good quality front football yeah. and be able to utilise it. Put yeah. Jonathan Joseph in space. Big Luth run in the hard line and then yeah. release Jonathan Joseph out wide. And, and Watson. And, and Watson. And, and, I can't give any convincing argument as to why Scotland will win this. Uh, at Twickenham? No chance. I no just chance. Can't, I can't. Oh, I thought you were about to say, but I just have a feeling. <laughs> but... I have said they'll win one game over the Six Nations, so it's either going to have to be this one... Or Ireland. Or Ireland. Uh, I don't know which one they're going to win. <laughs> Good I, luck. They've, they've missed their opportunities. They've missed their chance. They had, they had all, all three of those games that they've played, they could have won. They were right in it on all three of them, and it's I, not gone I, their I, way. I can't see how they'll do it, but uh, I think I think they might be a bit more tricky than, than you give them credit for. They'll, they'll be tricky, but England will have the right platform to unleash their backs. Yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, Italy-France. Let's pick a combined sevens team out of Italy and France. Oh, I couldn't... Uh, forward, Parise. Parise, get him in there. Ke- uh, Kelly Hamona, prop. But, but is, is there not a case for <laughs> Dussetois? His work rate and his ball-winning yes, skills. Yes, 100%. You could, have, you could have both of them. Yeah, throw, you, you throw could, them. Both... Yeah. both Fantastic players, Dussetois and uh, Parise in the pack. Yeah, um, are the prop not Bastero? Just because yeah. he's too too unfit. Too, Scott Spedding, too damn unfit. He is massive. Scott Spedding is massive, actually. Yeah, I'll, can, I'll go with that. Yeah, yes, yeah, Spedding as, as right. our other prop. Spedding. <laughs> <laughs> there is a an argument for, like you say, Kelly um, Hymona. Um, Very strange choice. Hi, Mona. There's another <laughs> song. Uh, Hi, Mona. Kelly Hi, Mona. Uh, so, sounds like an adult entertainer. <laughs> <laughs> She's one of the best in the business. <laughs> what was it? You came up with another chant for a different player, didn't you, Jay? I did, but I can't remember what uh, it is. What was it? See, this is what happens when we don't write stuff down when we're talking about the podcast at parties. And we're having a few drinks as well. Yeah. It was a good one, though. So, yeah, yeah, very good. Well done, Jay. Thanks, well well done on that one. We can't remember. We'll report back another time. Uh, right, scrum half. Para. Para. Or Tillis Board. Tillis Board's a good, good all-round player. Mm. Um, um, I don't really have an opinion either way on those two for sevens. Para. I See, I almost think Para's one of those guys, you'd almost chuck him at ten and he'd just be the, the general. Con- yeah, control everything. Like in a, Cerevi, in a Cerevi fashion. Yeah, you could do. Isn't he the fourth highest paid rugby player in the world? Uh, yeah, he's right up there. Yeah. Is he's he on that a good? Huge, huge contract because he's like a poster boy for French rugby and for Clermont. But is he that good? Is it? Is a question. But he sells a lot of shirts and women love him, like your wife. Indeed, she Met does love. And... Well, she wants to mother him. I think. Oh, <laughs> then you know, right. nurture him, feed him up a bit. Yeah, who'd be, who'd be the flyers in this team? Are we, are we so just we, uh, uh, Teddy Thomas? Uh, sorry, are we going to say that Tillis Board and Parrot are our halfback combination? Oh, I can't think of another one. I, I, I would happily go with that. Yeah, you can do, do what you want. Board and Parrot, yeah. Teddy Thomas, definitely Teddy Thomas. Teddy Thomas with Fofana. 
I'd have thought oh, it has so. to be Fofana. Done. Easy. Yep. Oh, yeah, that's good. So it's all French Apart except from. for Paris and Spedding. Uh, no, and, uh, sorry. No, 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 he's South African. You're all, right. All, <laughs> <laughs> all the France team except for Parise. Yes. Does that hint at what is to come in Rome? No, because they're brilliant individuals but can't play together as a team. Yeah, they're a horrendous team. Horrendous. I can, I can see France losing this like they did a couple of years ago. What? An, we'd say it every time. What <laughs> are France playing at? Six How nations. much attitude do you reckon there is in French training? Like, that no one can do... Do you reckon that... Saint-André shows up and they're just smoking. Like, <laughs> and shoving their face full of croissants. <laughs> yeah. You want me to do what? <laughs> like they just won't practice. They know everything. <laughs> Loads of attitude. Yeah. I, I can see that. Wesley Fafana. It wasn't, wasn't so long ago. It was like he was the best back in world rugby. Yeah. Best 12 in, in the world. Mm-hmm. Best 12 in the world. And uh, you wouldn't say that now on form. No. Not on form at all. But he's playing in a team that's doing nothing, not giving him any opportunities to do anything. So... Did you see Italy sneaking a, another win off the back of their Scotland? That'd be great if they could. They they really could. I just don't think they've quite got enough in the backs to do it. And mm. their forwards could beat up the Scottish pack, um, so that gives them good platform. That France pack's a yeah. different. So I think we'll, we'll go that France will win, not by a massive amount. Ugly game. Italy don't want to play rugby. France can't play rugby. <laughs> Correct. Uh, and finally then, Wales-Ireland. Let's firstly pick a sevens team out of these bad boys. George North. George North. George North at prop. Tommy Bow. Do you go George North at prop? No, I would put him in the back somewhere. Because you, you could go props, George North no. and, and... Jamie Roberts. You could go George North and Jamie Roberts with, or Robbie with, Henshaw. With, oh, yeah. Of Robbie course. Henshaw could, could play in the centre because you could have Jonathan Davis as your hooker. Jonathan Davis, Sean O'Brien and a... And a Tipperick in, as you. As I was going to say Tipperick is the hooker. A Tipperick, Jonathan Davis, Sean O'Brien. There's, there, there's your front three. Okay, so you having uh, well, George North would go, but just throw him in the box. He's a world class winger. But where's uh, Henshaw yeah, going to yeah, fit in? Tommy Bow. And where's Tommy Bow going to fit in? Because Tommy, Tommy Bow is in this team, Jay. Tommy Bow can play can play centre. You just need two halfbacks. No? Tommy Bow is in this team. Yeah, I just said he was. <laughs> Tommy Bowen George North as your centre winger. Right. Centre winger. And then you've got two more players to fit in, right? I think Gas and Footwork and Reese Webb Definitely. Gets, gets in at nine. Definitely. Uh, well, here's an interesting one because who goes at ten in, a, in an Ireland Wales Sevens team? Because arguably, Dan Bigger doesn't have the creativity and flair, which is kind of more to like Warren Gatlin's pragmatic, functional, but effective brand of rugby. And Jonathan Sexton as well is amazing at game management. And in a 15 setting, but equally, would he be the Serevi type that you might need in, no, a, in a game of sevens? I don't think he would. Not a Serevi type, but he's got a deceptive turn of pace as Johnny Saxon. You don't think of. Think I he reckon does, actually but... Madigan might be more interesting than both of them. Yeah, Madigan might be. Or if he was fit, Paddy Jackson, but unfortunately he's not. Yeah, so are. yeah, Madigan might be a, a good. Mad, Madigan and Webb as your halfbacks. Yeah, I think they're probably better. Yeah. I, by the way, I, I think. Dan Bigger is going to show his show his worth against Ireland, and I think he's a he's a young man with quite a lot of ego, apparently, and I think he's going to relish the chance to go one on one against who is the man who's considered the best in the in the, in the Northern Hemisphere uh, and possibly the best ten in the world at the moment. I think New Zealand probably got three that are better or up there with him. I'd, I'd rate Sexton as the best ten in the world at the moment. I, I, really I would. would. I, I really would. would. Yeah. Yeah, well, you saw the England game when he went off. Yeah. That was when the momentum switched. Now, it might be that England made their changes and Ireland were getting tired, or it might have been that Sexton went off and the game management just wasn't as good. So, 
this Wales Ireland uh, match then. Um, now Jay's a proud Welshman, and North Walesian, North North Walesian, North Welshman. Um, do you think when you look at Gatlin, he's been he's been wrongly criticised to the extent he has following one poor performance and defeat against? Oh, England? Are we talking about the criticism coming out of the Welsh press? Well, yeah, mainly. They've been the most vocal and most number. Yeah, Gatlin's probably the best coach maybe in the world, definitely in the Northern Hemisphere. I mean, his his CV is exceptional. He's gone from a small, smallish Irish club through to Ireland, won European Cups. He's taken a toxic Welsh team, and it really was toxic under the last administration, and he's turned them around to win three. Oh, sorry, two Grand Slams and a additional title, and he could win win another one. And on top of that, he was a red card away, one point away from a World Cup final, and so, British and Irish Lions oh, away course. victory. Yeah, that that small issue. So you, know, you can you can criticise Gatland, but the chances are, if you're criticising him, you know you know nowhere near as much as him because he's, he's he's a brilliant coach. Yeah, I, I do think he got a few things wrong with his tactics in the England game. Definitely. Oh, but, definitely. But, but I, you know my theory on that, yeah? They wanted to win by doing as little as possible so they don't give away give their away playbook. Yeah, I, yeah. I still believe that is, is the case. You hope that is the case. No, I, I really do believe it. I really do believe it. They're, they're too good to, <laughs> for that to be the game plan. Wales have got... They can't play as badly as they did last time in the Millennium Stadium against England. Um, they won't play that badly but they're facing an island team that Well, are... it depends. It depends if they're going to go for more techno music. I think they need to go <laughs> more disco-y, not less. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. More disco-y, more, more like 70s, 70s feel. Or... Oh, yes. Like, like, go, like, like the golden age of... Disco. The golden age of disco <laughs> was the same time when it was the golden age of Welsh well, rugby. Correct. So, like, in, in the Millennium Stadium, don't worry with this rave stuff and DJ Spoonie. You need proper 70s disco music. It wasn't please. DJ Spoonie, was it? Yeah. No, it wasn't. It was Spoonie, yeah. He does football, doesn't he? No. We want, we want the Welsh team coming out to this. Handlebar moustache, please, George North. Yeah. There we go. That would get you up for the game in the Millennium Stadium, wouldn't it? <laughs> Is there a Tom Jones cover of this somewhere? Some Tom Jones vocals. <laughs> uh, I think Ireland will still win. Even in the Millennium Stadium, their defence is ridiculous. And haven't Ireland beaten Wales like the last three times in the Six Nations? They beat them badly last, last time. Last time, yeah. And and in 2013 when Wales won, because it was the the game, it was the first match of the tournament where they beat them comfortably. Yes, that was the bad the bad loss, the really bad loss. Yeah. Mm. So, <sighs> you going for an Ireland win as well? Phil? I am going for an Ireland win. I can't see anything anything else. I don't think any team at the moment can in the Six Nations can live with the way that Ireland are playing. And Jay, our Welshman, you're on the spot now. No sitting, no sitting on the fence here, Jay. I do think the Welsh pack actually has a bit of an advantage over the Irish. I uh, thought that about the English pack, though. Yeah, and I also think kicking to Johnny May is not the same as kicking to George North. Give me Wales. Wow. We will see. Six Nations Championship on just as we finish this I'm going to keep this epic music going let's get uh, excited in our, uh, in our Titanic battle of uh, made up sevens teams who would win in out of the three I'll give you the three sevens teams just pick one winner so Wales Ireland O'Brien Tipperick Davies Webb Madigan North Bow England Scotland Visser Croft Burrell Ford Hogg Joseph Watson or Italy France 
Parise Dussetois spreading Tillersboard para for Fana Toma. I'd probably say the Scotland England one. I think the Scotland England one. I was going to say the Welsh one, but then no. Yeah, pure gas and hog for Joseph Watson. That's that's exciting. Hog alone is enough to make me think it'd be that that team. And that gives me an indication about what we're going to see this weekend. I think the most exciting game is going to be England Scotland. I think Wales and Ireland will be exciting for the just attritional, muscular matches. And. I'm not that fussed about Italy-France. Well, unless Italy win, then I'm really fussed. Yeah, yeah true. Very uh, true. Right, so we don't have any premiership to worry about. We've got six nations, uh, like we say. LV Cup, any LV Cup? Ladies and gentlemen, an institution in rugby, one of the greatest competitions ever, the LV Cup. Yes! LV Sorry, Cup it's... semi-finals. I would like you wow. and, and Phil, the two of you, I'll, I'll sit back on this one, let you take centre stage, because I know we're all so excited. Shall we break it down? Shall we break it down? Here are, here are our big highlights of what to look forward to for the LV Cup semi-finals this weekend. That's our highlights of the LV Cup semi-final this weekend. So no, just one thing exciting. Who is in the, fi- in the semi-finals, by the way? Because I have no idea. Uh, Saracens and Northampton. <laughs> and Leicester wow. versus Exeter. And Leicester Exeter. Exeter are going to win this whole thing. Should be some, uh, genuinely, should be some good, yeah. good games, good academy. Well, to we're, see the academy. We're jesting, but it'll be good to see the depth of the squads of uh, well, four of the top five teams. Bath yeah. Harlequins was a phenomenal game when I, when yeah. I watched it. Yeah. Really exciting. The massive redeeming feature of the LV Cup this weekend is that the first semi-final, Saracens Northampton, fills that uh, Super Rugby Six Nations yes. void. So you can sit on your sofa, you watch Super Rugby early doors, then twelve thirty. Boom, Saracens Northampton's on, taking you through to 230 nice. Island Wales. Nice. Oh, do you know what's happening to me this weekend? What? I'm going to the opera or something like that. I'm going to the Royal Opera House on Friday, which means I missed the Super League. Just hold on a minute. We're, we're, this is the, the JB that a couple of weeks ago was giving major stick to one of your Broughton Park teammates for missing a rugby game to go to the cinema. I'm not missing any games. It's a weekend off. Aha ha ha! How do you like those apples, Timothy? <laughs> All right, fine. I'm more upset about uh, missing the uh, uh, the Super League on Friday. I, I nothing fills my heart with more warmth and joy than thinking I'm going to go home on a Friday, watch the Aviva, and then follow it up by the second half of the Super League. <laughs> I love it, Phil. You've prepared a little quiz. I have. Come on, and a spe- extra special treat, not just for you guys, but for our. Listeners who are using the fantastic Acast app. Oh, uh, oh, that's right. I forgot to. I forgot for a moment that we were now available on Acast as well as iTunes. Acast, Acast, Acast a, a brilliant app you can download to your smartphone, and then you can get visual things to go along with the podcast. So what have you got, Phil? Right, I'm going to uh, post this picture right about now. Okay, you two got it. Yes. I do. So. Tim, can you uh, describe what we're looking at for those people who unfortunately do not have... We are looking at basketball vests of the New Zealand Super Rugby sides. That is exactly what we're looking at. Now, there's 14 points, delicious 14 points available for this quiz. Okay. So the first question... Oh, well, sorry, Jen, should we we do like a chocolate brownie while while we're playing the quiz? Oh, great idea. Some homemade chocolate brownie? Yes, please. Made by my wonderful, very friendly, not at all abusive girlfriend. uh... (laughs) She is not abusive in any way. (laughs) 
Uh, they have sour cherries That's the one. and uh, some chopped Brazil nuts. Oh, wow. Mm. So the first five points... This isn't annoying, listening to someone <laughs> eat while talking at all. <laughs> no, 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 no. professional. So the first five points, I want you to tell me the region or the city of those five teams. Oh, God. Okay, I'm, I'm sure of four, but I'm not sure of the fifth. Okay, so the next part of the quiz is, you'll notice that each shirt has a number on it, mm-hmm. and I want you to tell me the All Blacks that play for that team who play in that position. Oh, So some okay. of them, there are one, some of them there are two, and one of the teams has three All Blacks in that position. So starting off with the Chiefs. Oh, I see. The Chiefs. Crikey. Number 12. Who is the All Black that plays for the Chiefs who plays number 12? Okay, so that is... Okay, the Blues, number six. They have two All Blacks who play number six. The Highlanders Mm. is number nine. They have one All Black who plays number nine. The Crusaders, number ten. There's three... What? Three All Blacks who play for the Crusaders at number ten. As in three guys who have been capped by the All Blacks who are currently playing for the Crusaders. And finally, Hurricanes, number 14, there's just one. So, starting... Left to right, as you're looking at it on the ACAST app. Chiefs, what is their region? Waikato. They are indeed Waikato. I, I'll need to put correct put numbers here because... One point each. I'll, I'll mark. I'll mark you, Scott. One point each. Uh, the Blues. Auckland. Auckland. Correct. Correct. Excellent. The Highlanders. I wasn't sure about this one. I put Otago. I put Otago as well. It is Otago. Yes! Get in. Crusaders. Canterbury. Canterbury, indeed. Correct. Correct. And the Hurricanes. Wellington. Wellington. Five out of five. Wow. Very good. Okay, moving on. Yes. So, Chiefs number 12. This is is the easiest one, I think. Sunny Bill Williams, Williams, indeed. Six all. Blues number six, the two players. Kano. Kano, I have. Kano, correct. Now, I put... I think he's a second row, but I know Patrick Tui-Pilotti is a... At Blues, but I think it's probably a second row. He is. He's at ah! Blues. I think he might have covered six, but not properly. There, there is, is a, another full All Black who is, plays six, who played there because Kano played eight at, at the weekend. In a, did anyone see the Blues Lions game? Blues Blues managed to lose. T- 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 I know who it is. T- <laughs> Go on. You don't have it then, obviously. Do you have anyone written down? I was no. about, to, about no. to say it. No, Jay doesn't have it. Well, he hasn't written down either. Um, is Luatua a six? Luatua is a six. Damn it! Damn I knew it was a name like that. Yeah. No <laughs> points there for either of you. Uh, but oh, no, one point each for Kano. Yeah, sorry. Yes. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no points for Luatua. Um, yeah, Blues managed to lose a game with 80% territory and 60% possession. What? Uh, Through it, just couldn't score. Wow. Anyway, Highlanders number nine. I didn't know this one. I just guessed TJ Perinara. Jay? I didn't, I didn't have anyone. Didn't have anyone. No point, Tim. It's Aaron Smith. Is it? I thought it was Canterbury. Crusaders. <sighs> well, Carter, the, Carter, the three. Carter Cruden will both have. Yep. Carter Carter who? No, Cruden plays for Wellington, doesn't he? Or uh, Cr- Cruden plays for the Chiefs. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, well I've, put Car- uh, I've put Carter Cruden Slade. So, Carter... Car- Carter Slade and Barrett. Oh, Car- Barrett! Is not correct. Oh! Barrett plays for the Hurricanes. Yes, few. Oh, you're letting me off the hook, Jay. So two, oh, po- two points each. Two points each. Carter Slade, yeah. Yeah, so, so two we, points so each. So we currently level. You're currently level nine points oh, all. Oh, it's going to be a draw. And I, uh, I have got a, a tie. Break, oh, okay. We're going to need question. it because we know who number fourteen is. Okay. Do who have you we, got? Jay? Who have you got? Tanu Umanga. 
<laughs> I got Jonah. <laughs> Julian Savare. Julian Savare. Incorrect. What? Julian, Has he only ever played number 11? Julian Savare plays 11. He might have played there once or twice, but his wing partner, who also plays for the Hurricane, is, is... Who is it? Corey Jean. Oh! <laughs> so the tiebreaker is the Highlanders are the only team God. who have an international in, in these positions. The Highlanders, number nine, they have an international from another country who plays in that position, who plays number nine. What is the country? Okay. <laughs> you both have it correct. Oh! <laughs> Tanaka. Yeah, uh, Fum- Fumaiki, Fumaiki. Should we just shake Tamaka. hands and call it a draw? No! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well done. Well played. Good quiz, good quiz. Uh, good. That's a great quiz, I enjoyed that. <laughs> I can't take this tension. <laughs> Let me quickly think of another question. Okay, here's a good one. Here's yep. a very good one. Jonathan Joseph, this is one I wrote down just uh, when I'm writing down rugby union questions. Obviously. Jonathan Joseph won Aviva Premiership Player of the Month for January. How many tries did he score in the Premiership in January? Write down your answer, please. And I'll, I'll do closest, we'll win it. If neither of you gets it, Bob on. I'm having an absolute... I can't even remember the games. I, <laughs> I haven't got a clue. I'm just guessing. Let's have a look. Tim says four. I say five. G says five. We've got a winner then. No one's got it bob on. And so the closest person is Tim. <laughs> Jay can't win a quiz. Jay can't win. Jay can't win. Jay can't win a quiz. <laughs> I'll, I'll, just, I'll just follow this up to say that there are only two premiership games played in January. Uh, Jonathan Joseph only played one of those games and he failed to score. That's a backhanded compliment, that, isn't it? The... Uh... Player of the month for January. Yeah, it's a bit. Of a, it's, what's going on there? It's a bit of a weird one. The guy who wins it only plays one game. Anyway, oh, rugby was the winner. Yes, and and me and yeah. as well. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I can't think of a better way to round off a quiz, unless you can think of another way. Sorry, a quiz, a podcast. Unless you can think of a, a better way to round off a podcast, Jay. No, I'm good. I'm done. <laughs> Enjoy the rugby this weekend. Thank you very much. Keep keeping your ratings at iTunes going. Download the Acast app if you haven't already. And keep getting in touch at Rugby Podcast on Twitter if you've got an idea for a 15 we could pick or anything else for the podcast or you want to react to anything uh, that we've said, uh, then at Rugby Podcast. And we will be tweeting there across the rugby weekend. And, well, I cannot wait. Cannot wait. Jay, you all right? Are you still with us? Yeah, asleep? I'm fine. <laughs> you all good, Phil? Mm. Eating some more brownie. All right, right. As you can see, we've got we've got other things to do, so we'll see you soon in a bit. Goodbye. Bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at fifty to eighty percent less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 